Welcome to the Manifest Podcast. My name's Laura and I'm your host for the show where you and I together will be getting to know some Adventist artists and learning about how they like to use their God-given creativity. Today in the studio with me is the lovely Leah Chu. She's a spoken word poet who uses the power of words to share her passion for social justice and, of course, for God's love. Okay, welcome to the Manifest Podcast, Leah. It's good to have you here. Good to be here. Okay, so at the start of the show, we're just going to do a bit of a speed round, which helps us get to know a little bit more about you. So I'll just ask you a few quick questions, Mm -hmm. and I just want you to say the first word that comes to your mind. Okay. Are you ready? Yep. Set. Go. Full name. Leah Anita Tu. Favorite color? Teal. Favorite animal? Dragon. Shoe size? Seven. Summer or winter? Autumn. Cats or dogs? Dogs. Current favourite movie? In the last year or like ever? Uh, both. Uh, Lord of the Rings trilogy for like all time and then yeah. the, in the last year the new Star Trek movie. Ooh, good choice. Yeah. Describe yourself in one word. Tired. Describe God in one word. I'm going to say colourful. Colourful. Good choice. Yes. Metaphorically and literally. Wow. You fit the podcast very well. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So, thanks, Leah. Now that we got to know you a bit, I'm just going to ask you a few questions. Now, you're here because of your love for spoken word poetry. Mm-hmm. And when did you first fall in love with spoken word? Well, I started writing what gradually morphed into poetry in 2012, but I fell in love with spoken word in March 2013. Oh, okay. Yeah. So what was that point of difference between... I started writing because I wanted to communicate my experience to my family and friends um, who were a bit curious about what I was feeling or thinking at the time. Um, But I really didn't know that even spoken word as an art form existed. So once I turned into writing poetry instead of just freeform creative writing, um, I got curious about it, went on YouTube listened to some amazing poets and then I kind of fell in love with it. So it was about a six-month process of that. Okay, that's cool. Great, a discovery process. Yeah. Um, So what is your creative process like now? How do you make a poem start to finish? There's two ways I write poems. One is I feel inspired intrinsically um, because of my life experience or something else and I just go ahead and write. And that kind of becomes... um, it, it happens almost line by line and that I'll have a thought and then I'll write the line and then I know what follows after that really succinctly or, or coherently. But when I get asked to write a poem, um, because that's at the moment the majority of, of my poetry is when I'm asked to do one and people come to me and they say, oh, we've got a sermon on this topic. We're using these keys verses. Can you write a poem? And I'm like, yes. And that will happen by me reading those verses or thinking about the, um, the key points and I'll create kind of like a mind map and then I'll kind of tie some ideas together or bring in some other verses and look at what parallels that in scripture and um, in our belief system and the words that because there's like word bubbles like holy spirit you can think of typical words that might float around that and so yeah I just kind of pull those together and god makes it happen wow yeah i, I wish people could see your hands as you explain <laughs> all of this because it makes so much more sense with all the hand actions that go along with it yeah i talk with my hands it becomes a problem um when i'm doing poetry because they're like oh can you use a mic and i'm like hmm do you have a headset? Because I talk with my hands and it's very hard to do that efficiently while you're dramatically speaking spoken word while your hands are like flying everywhere <laughs> holding a mic. You can't speak properly unless your hands are moving. Yeah, I know. The, the, <laughs> the struggle of my life. 
that's all right. Okay. So do you have a favourite poem that you've ever written? Yes. Oh, this is actually a soft spot for me because I recently spoke at Poetic Justice, which was Agent Aid's um, kind of workshop with high schools and and guest speakers to talk about social justice um, from a poetry and a creative standpoint. And that was amazing. It was an awesome experience. But I'd been asked to speak at that event that afternoon. Um, And so when I got home, I pulled out my papers and I wrote one and it was awesome. It's probably actually the best poem I've ever written. I loved it. I got up on stage and I hadn't memorized it because I kind of had like three hours. So I got (laughs) up and I I read it out. Um, It was awesome and lots of people liked it. And I was like, yes. And I honestly think it was the best thing I ever wrote, but it was handwritten and there was a voice recording on my phone for me to listen to while I tried to memorize it, but that got deleted and I lost the piece of paper and no one recorded the event. Oh, and I'm a what? little bit devastated. No. <laughs> I know. Oh. It's the best one I've ever written and it's gone. It's gone. Oh, I see. We definitely have touched on a soft spot here. Yeah. <laughs> so sad. I hope you find it. Oh, I really hope I do. Oh, man. We would have loved to hear it. Mm-hmm. If anyone listening did record that, <laughs> contact us. contact me. <laughs> okay. So you touched on it a little bit already, but I know you to be a person that's always empowered for justice. Is there a particular type of justice that you're passionate about? And yet you maybe use your poems um, Mm. to share your passion with? Yeah, so when I started writing back in 2012, I'd been diagnosed with depression for about a year before that. And so what I was experiencing was really hard and and there was a lot of um, the stigma around around mental illness in the community. um, Find that paradox between what is normal and what is, you know, a mental illness um, to be quite distinct and different and and the experience uh, having lived through it. It, it. There is some some definitely some differences in your life experience but it was really hard for my family and friends to understand what my experience was so I started writing to try and communicate that and I think that's one of the greatest things about creativity and art is that you can use your passion or your artwork to share stories and that's really important to me because I think um in my own life, I've come in, in, in line with two communities, the, the community of, of mental illness or people who suffer from mental illness, and then the community of the, um, the LGBTQIA or LGBT plus community, which for those who haven't heard is uh, lesbian, bisexual, gay, transgender, the gay community um, is a shorthand for it. And in my life, those kind of things, the friends I have and the people I've met and the stories that aren't told or the stories that get told but no one listens to or the stories that need to be told and no one's really hearing in the way that matters, um, the disparity of connection, especially in our church. I feel like if I can use my art form and, and the gift that God has given me to create some cohesion in that com- in our community, in our church community between you know, what people can consider themselves normal and then these these two people who have very different or two groups of people who have very different life experiences and come into a lot of conflict because of those life experiences. If I can create some cohesion with that, then I'm doing my job. That's so cool. I'm a fan. So how exactly, for an example, how would you incorporate your passion for Um, the LGBTI plus community into one of your poems like how do you bring that in and portray that is it a subtle kind of metaphor thing or do you are your poems all about rights and acceptance or what does it look like yeah uh with the church at the moment and uh what's going on in society at the moment in Australia and America especially um 
the church is kind of springing back and it's creating even more pain and conflict at the moment. Mm -hmm. And so it's very hard to get up in church and to do a spoken word that you've been asked to do in church and try and worm that in bluntly. (laughs) It can't happen. Like, it's not okay. Um, I remember one experience where I was speaking in Memorial Church um, for the youth service and the weekend before the mass shooting in Orlando happened. And that was a really difficult thing for the LGBT community all around the world because um, because it was someone who was attacking them in their safe spaces. And church um, for the LGBT community at the moment isn't a cert- it, for a lot of people, it isn't a safe place. Um, and that's a problem because we we should be we should be the place where anyone can come to with, to meet Jesus. And mm-hmm. so, yeah, it's really hard. I got up that weekend and I shared a poem about love. Um, about hope, faith and love, which was what our service had been about. It tied together all the different Bible stories that we'd used and the verses that we'd used. But um, I got up and what I did was I wore a rainbow scarf because that was my only way in that moment of really using the moment to communicate support um, for the people who knew and the people who were hurt who were watching. And I think, yeah, in the majority of cases, you get up front you can't really be blunt about it. When it comes to mental illness and LGBTQ community, you can't just go blah and expect people who are at conflict with that at the moment or um, aren't really open to listening to that experience. You can't expect them to be willing to listen to you. So you have to come and meet them where they're at, where your audience is at. So whether that's talking about love and using the Bible verses um, that communicate that Jesus loves everyone and died for everyone, or if it's about sharing the importance of listening to other people's stories or having compassion or having empathy or um, expressing forgiveness or whatever core thing I've been asked to talk about, if I can kind of bleed in a little bit of, hey, Jesus loves everyone and um, try and make that work, then that's what I'm trying to do. (laughs) That's the goal. Yeah. That's awesome. Good on you. Keep at it. So I hear that you've also travelled quite a lot to do spoken word around the world and just for your own pleasure. Yes. (laughs) Um, (laughs) So where is your favourite place in the whole world that you've done spoken word poetry? Mm. So in 2013, I'd been writing poetry for about a year. And as a student of Avondale College, we went to the Bible lands. So we went from Europe through to down to the Middle East. And on this journey, I'd been listening to a lot of spoken word on my like earphones and planes and things like that and I'd been writing it and I'd pre-written some stuff which was kind of relevant to the places we were going so when we got up to Mount Nebo so where Moses looked out to Canaan and knew he couldn't go um, and he would have to let them go ahead of him and he would die um, that was kind of a really awesome moment for me to go and I pulled aside the the leader Wayne French and I said hey I've got a poem on this topic do you mind if I just spend a few minutes recording that video before we leave and he said oh yeah in fact why don't we all sit down and listen to it so that was a little bit you know because I still hadn't really performed at that point but I stood up and I got someone to video on their phone and I got the opportunity to share a poem about the covenant and from Abraham through to Jesus the way that the covenant changes and what it means to us as a church today and that was an awesome experience. So how does your church react to your art? Are they supportive? I mean, do they encourage it? Do they ignore it? Um, what's been your experience? 
Yeah, I think uh, throughout my time writing and, and performing and sharing, I've had the experience of meeting people who go, oh, what's that? I've never heard something like that before, who have never heard of spoken word as an art form. And I think that's the problem with our church at the moment is that the creatives in our church might be a little bit stunted or that's changing. But um, previously, creativity has been stunted in our church. So yep. spoken word has been something that's existed for years, but in the secular world. And so for that to be brought into our church by people who believe is still kind of new. It's happening, especially in, in bigger creative communities like in the States and the UK. Um, but in Australia, it's still very limited. So for me to be one of the few people I know who's been able to share spoken word in a church has been a privilege. But I'm trying to encourage everyone I know because the church does accept it. The church is loving it. And um, I'm, I'm really encouraged by the opportunities that I've been given. And so I hope we can encourage that for all young people and adults and alike. That's awesome. So do you get many opportunities to share your art with your church? Yeah, I'm speaking this weekend, actually. But my local church, yeah, living in Kurumbong, we have multiple churches that can call on you once they've heard of you or people who know you have said, hey, can we get this person to do this? Um, that's been a blessing. So I've had kind of more opportunities here. Um, yeah, church is good. <laughs> good. That's good. Good to hear they're supportive of your creativity. Yeah. So um, we would love to hear some of your poetry, if you have any here to share with us. Sure. Okay, so what poem are you going to perform to us? Does it have a title and can you give us a little bit of context? Yeah, so this is called Hope, Faith, Love. This is one I wrote for the youth service at um, Avenel Memorial Church about love and it's based on kind of uh, that church service. I do want to say that there are three or four lines that I have borrowed from a blogger online called Kevin Garcia. I... I went to his blog to look for something because he um, is a, a Christian LGBTQ community representative and um, he writes and I'd known him previously as someone who kind of advocated and I wanted to hear his kind of reflections on Orlando and, and what it meant at that moment. And so I kind of went to his blog and looked for it and um, he knows about it and he's he's okay with it. Okay. Well, thanks, Kevin, for letting us borrow some lines of your fabulous creativity. It's all about sharing, right? Yeah. yeah. Cool. In the name of God. And this is the poem you said that you wore the rainbow scarf for? Yes. Um, Yeah. So this is kind of, um, it is very much important that my poems, when I'm asked to do one on a specific topic, reflect that topic. So I don't twist them to put my own agenda. Um, It's very much on the topic that what I was asked to write on, but I wanted to communicate some sort of silent symbolism of recognition of, of the community's pain and some sort of solidarity. So that's why I did why I did that. Sure. Sounds good. Can I say something as well? You can. Okay. The service uh, covered three different topics. The story of Abraham and his need to sacrifice Isaac, Adam and Eve, and their kind of fall in the garden and, and the overflow of grace that God sent them for that. And the other was Jonathan and David and how Jonathan had to make a sacrifice to save David's life um, and sacrifice the relationship he had with uh, his human father, Saul. So, yeah, that was the the background for that. And you might hear references to those tied in. Like a tree is the growth of a love that is shared. A moment of realisation falls like a leaf. Seasons don't last and time will pass and the quandary of choices break moments down like the matter we walk on. Like the bonds of trust that is built over time, a moment of sacrifice can test all foundations. 
Not all will hear the ram cry, feel the flood of relief and reprieve. Some have to rely on the matter of more. When our sanctuaries are shattered and our safe spaces are violated by persecution, we have hope that you will restore the families of the broken and heal those who remain. Desperate for something bigger, we cling to hope that it gets better. We act that it is best in you because love, love is what ties it together. You first, others second, all things come down to these two laws, concrete in principles that we believe there is more in you. We act for more of you, to share and reveal for who you are is love. We work from your approval. We work from an overflow of grace that you send from above. I am not broken. I am already healed. I have already overcome. My future is already sealed. I am loved because you love me. Because you love me. Because you love me. Because you love me. Because you love me, because that is just who you are. And when I live and breathe and have my being in you, I live from love and I walk in your shoes. I love because you love them, 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 because that is just who you are. And because I love you, I will love them too. I will follow what you will and act on faith according to your letter, because I dream of something more and better because I trust that you know best because you're God because you love me because you love me because your love is enough for me I come to you on bended knee because my hope faith love is in you that was God is awesome. good God yeah, is good God is good amen that was cool yeah, hope faith and love thanks so much for sharing that with us Leah anything else <laughs> That's all. Do you have anything else you would like to talk about? I don't know. Just maybe as a parting thought, listen to their stories, whoever they are in your life, when they come to you, when you see them in the background and you see the pain that they're feeling or you have empathy or God brings them into your sight. Don't just stop and act and advocate thinking that you know best. Um, I've done that before. It doesn't work. What you need to do is stop. You need to listen. You need to spend time with them. You need to listen and know where they're coming from. Whichever group that you're standing up for, that you're seeking justice for, or trying to reconcile with the church, listen to their stories. Listen to where they're coming from. And then you can speak with God on your side for these people that God is calling you to speak for. Amen. Thanks, Leah. You've been listening to the Manifest Podcast. Join us next time as we explore even more about the creativity that God has given us and how we can use it to glorify Him. For more information and to get involved with the Manifest community, find us on Facebook or Instagram. See you there.